Hi, I'm Carol, and today I'm a very grateful recovering Al-Anon. I can't always say that, but today. <laughs> I am a member of, I have two home groups because I have two homes. I'm a member of the Serenity Group in Denton, Texas, and a member of the Destin Al-Anon Family Group in Destin, Florida. So I get a double dose of these wonderful friends. First of all, I want to thank the committee for inviting me and to thank Ann, wherever she's here, for encouraging me <laughs> to accept. I really appreciate that today. I, I didn't, when I was thinking it through, like Phyllis, I, I kept getting a little nervous about it. But today, I'm so glad in looking out there at you all. When I first came into Al-Anon, I heard a speaker, and she got up and she said, Hi, family. And it just did something to me. I didn't understand it then, but today I do because you all are closer, even though some of you I don't know, you're closer than many members of my family. You understand me better. You know where I'm coming from in a way that no one else can understand. So you are my family. When we began staying a number of months in Florida and I was pulled away from, from my home, I didn't have the problem that you do when, when you move to a new area because I had family here. I had friends that were like old-time friends, and that's what you have, have done for me. So I have real gratitude toward Al-Anon. This morning, as I was sitting and doing my meditating and reading, I was looking out at the beach and the water, and that always does something wonderful to me. But I remembered back 16 years ago on my 27th wedding anniversary, my husband had moved out. I was spending that anniversary at the beach alone. Our only daughter had just married a couple of weeks before, or a week before, and the friend who was going with me had not been able to go. I was alone, lost, felt like my life would never be right again. But you know what? AA gave me back my husband and my marriage. And I'm so grateful to all of you all. That's, um, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about that day in a long time. But this morning, it all, it all came back to me, and I thought, I wouldn't have what I have today had it not been for AA. So thank you, each and every one of you who were here for him when, when he came in, and you Al-Anons who were here for me when, when I did. I came in to Al-Anon for all the wrong reasons. I didn't come in to help myself. They told me in the treatment center that I could help him if I went to Al-Anon, and why else would I go? I had been taken to one Al-Anon meeting by a dear friend who knew how badly I needed it, and I had, had liked all of the people there, um, had enjoyed the meeting, 
but I had just known that I didn't need it. <laughs> I already had a spiritual program. I had uh, a group of friends who uh, I met with for Bible study and, and uh, who prayed with me, and I thought, I don't need that stuff. That's, for some, that's wonderful for them, but it's not good for me. And so I didn't go back when I really needed it most of all. But God has used that in my life because it has helped me to understand when a newcomer comes in and they don't feel, don't feel comfortable in Al-Anon or they feel like they don't really need it, I can tell them from my personal experience how Al-Anons understand in a way that no one else can understand. Uh, Al-Anon gave me a way to put into practice a lot of the spiritual principles that I already knew that I was not able to use in my life. You all showed me how, gave me the tools to put those principles into in, my life and to work in my life. To tell you just a little bit about my life and, and um, how I started, and I can't find my my notes. Hopefully I didn't leave them at home. Um, <laughs> I grew up in a, a small town in Texas, and my daddy had a drugstore, and we knew everybody in town. It was a little bitty town. I don't know whether there was really any alcoholism in my, in my early life, but my daddy had rheumatoid arthritis, and he was a uh, pharmacist, and I know that he self-prescribed many mind-altering chemicals because he was in a great deal of pain. I know that it caused a lot of problems between my mother and daddy. And there was drinking. In fact, I always thought that, that people were a little strange that, that, you know, were so against alcohol because I had grown up Thing. I mean, everybody drank. It was a social thing. So it was not unusual for me. I have found out many years later that I was drawn to alcohol, alcoholics long before I married one. I didn't know that. Um, my first boyfriend that I just dearly loved, I, I moved to Tennessee and God provided a woman on the beach in Destin, Florida, some 40 years later, who told me what had happened to that young man, and he had become alcoholic and had committed suicide. So when I was 14 years old, I was already picking them out. Can't blame it on Ozzy. <laughs> graduated from high school, and I guess I never felt real comfortable with myself way back then. I always felt like everybody else had it together, and I was the only one that didn't have all the answers. My mother and daddy wanted me to leave home and go away to college, and I didn't want to, and so I stayed at home and went to college and, and met my future husband and we married as soon as I got out of college, and, and uh, I was only 20 years old, and, and we, he was in the service, 
and I got my first teaching job. Had 45 little second graders <laughs> at Post Children's School in Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And I taught a couple of years, and then we started our family and, and had four children pretty quickly, within seven years. So my life was very busy, very full. I realize today that I have that ability to look at life and to see life the way I want it to be and to not look at things the way they really are. And I pretended like everything was okay. I never realized I had not really had a good relationship with my mother until my daughter pointed it out to me after she was grown. Um, because I had, just, I had just seen things the way that I wanted them to be, and that's the way I did my marriage. Um, we looked like a perfect little family, four perfectly beautiful children. We'd dress them up on Sunday morning and take them to church, and everybody thought we were a perfect family, but we were crumbling apart on the inside. Later on, we had a lot of good years, too, I'll have to, have to say that. Um, but I was in, in complete denial about what, was, about what was going on. I was an en enabler to my children and to my alcoholic. I guess most Al-Anons are born with that ability. In about 1971 or 72, I had a real spiritual awakening in my life. And it just it came through a small group of my friends that got together, and a woman came from Dallas, and, and we had a Bible study. I know today that God was preparing me for what I needed to go through. Each one of us has that happen in our lives at a different, a different time, but I'm just grateful that that, that happened. In 1978, I had decided that I would go back and start teaching again. Our youngest son was in high school, and uh, I went, I got everything together and got a job and, and uh, started teaching again. It had been 23 years since I had been in the classroom, so that's like starting all over again. The first night that I taught, I got a telephone call in the middle of the night telling me that there was a terrible incident happening in my life and in my marriage. Um, it was one of the things that I did not realize was caused by alcoholism, but it was a dir direct result of alcoholism. I could not see how this had anything to do with alcohol. And when anyone would say anything about, you know, maybe your husband is, is, has a problem with alcohol, I'd say, no, he drinks just like everyone else, like everyone that is around us. He still had his business. We still had our home. My idea of an alcoholic was like so many people, somebody under the bridge, and he was not under the bridge yet. Um, while I was teaching, I was sitting at my desk one day. My kids had gone 
for PE, and I was, I was having a struggle just being able to function. And I had my Bible open, and I don't, I don't think God gives you something, but there were some verses that just jumped out at me. And it was, um, was from Isaiah, and it was about the poor and needy being thirsty and, and needing water and being, I, being uh, spiritually dry and how God was going to provide the waters and the streams in the desert and the trees planted in the desert. And I knew that that was God telling me that my alcoholic was going to be taken care of. It was many years later when, when he finally came into AA that I realized that those trees planted in the desert were all of you all, you AAs, who ministered to him and helped him and helped him to get sober. Alcohol was really not a big problem. I could have probably lived with alcoholism for many, many years. The other things that went along with it, I could not live with. It was very difficult for me, and I was falling apart. Uh, our children were encouraging me to divorce their dad. They had, had given up. We, none of us saw much hope. Even though I was in complete denial, and you can be in complete denial about even though the, it's, it's right there in front of you. I, I wanted to believe that he was alcoholic because I knew that, that was an answer, there was an answer to that, but I did not see it. But in my subconscious, I must have known that it was a problem because I had cut out an article in the paper about intervention. And because I wasn't in Al-Anon, I didn't know that it didn't work most of the time. Uh, and so we prepared to do an intervention. It worked, and he went into treatment. And as, as I told you, that was what got me into Al-Anon. I didn't know that there was ever a slip either. <laughs> I didn't worry about that. Uh, I thought, you know, it's all taken care of now. And I can truly say and I know it, it doesn't always work out this way, but each day has been better. Our marriage has certainly been better every year than it was before. I never stopped loving him. I loved him through all the mess that was going on, and I believe that is uh, a God-given thing. I really do believe that, that God gave me that love for him. It has really helped me to encourage other women who are going through the same thing. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, but at least we can give it our best try. I, God put women in my life, even though I wasn't in Al-Anon, um, that helped me and that built me up and that people that I could talk to and, and uh, would spend time with me. I even had one woman who came over and when I was not able to grade papers, she graded all my papers for me uh, because I was in pretty bad shape. I began to 
to start out in Al-Anon, and I was real nervous about it. I went, and the first meeting I went to in Denton, there were two women that were the, the chair people. And at, at that particular group, two people took the meetings for a month. I didn't know that. I thought they were in charge of Al-Anon. Both of them were married to counselors, and I thought, you know, they started this and they've got it all worked out. I didn't know that, that Al-Anon has no leaders, that our only authority is a loving God. Uh, as I, I guess maybe the first couple of weeks that I was in Al-Anon, this very young girl, so she was young enough to be my daughter, came up to me and asked me if I had a sponsor. And I said, no, I had heard the word sponsor, but I really didn't know what it was. And I would have been too scared to ask anybody because I was very, very nervous about this new role in my life. But I had to keep going because I had to keep him sober. I had to help him any way I could. But she came up to me and she said, uh, well, I'll tell you what, I'll be your temporary sponsor. And I thought, golly, what do I have in common with her? But she knew how to have fun. And they kept telling me that I would get my, my uh, uh, sense of humor back. But I had never had a sense of humor, <laughs> so there was nothing to get back. <laughs> but Pam would come and get me, and we would go to Dallas and go to meetings and go out to eat and go to the picture show and just have a ball. I hadn't had fun like that in years. God really knew what he was doing when he put her in my life. She was a wonderful sponsor. She wouldn't let me stay in self-pity. She made me do a, a fifth step, had me start working on my fourth step, and when I kept putting it off, she finally set a deadline, told me I had to have it done, and she said, whatever you, you know, can write down, doesn't have to be the whole thing. We can do another one later. But right now, you've got to do this. I am so grateful today for her. I am so grateful that I have been able to stay in Al-Anon long enough that it is my program now. I am there for Carol. Regardless of what happens to my marriage, to my husband, to my kids, whatever, I'm going to be an Alamon. It has given me self-confidence. It has given me just a lot of things that really don't have anything to do with alcohol. <laughs> and I'll be forever grateful for that. Many things have happened since I came into Alamon. It, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have any problems. Right after I came into the program, or shortly after, our daughter had a life-threatening situation while she was pregnant. But I had people supporting me. I had people who were able to tell me they, about others that had been through similar things, and they had made it. Then, uh, several years later, our little grandson had a bone tumor, and we didn't know for a number of weeks whether it was malignant or, or what. Luckily, it wasn't. 
O.C. had two rounds of encephalitis, two different times, about six or seven years apart, but both of them were life-threatening. Then God brought another alcoholic into my life. He had been in my life all along. My dad had, I mean, for a number of years, my dad had died the first year that I was married and my mother remained single for around seven years and then she married this man who from the beginning did not think much of me but she was able to kind of buffer for us she kept telling me how much she loved me and I knew that that was not true finally I realized that he did not love anybody that she loved it didn't really have anything to do with with me but it sure made me work my program then as my mother began to develop Alzheimer's he was in control more and more and more I could not have lived through this situation had I not had meetings to go to sponsors and other people to talk to about the situation I, I kept thinking, I have already dealt with alcoholism once. Don't let me have to deal with it again. And he was the typical alcoholic that he would be loving and kind to me for 10 times, and then the 11th time, he would attack me. So I was never prepared. He always caught me off guard. When I was uh, doing something that was helping him with mother when she was in the hospital or something, I was wonderful. And I'd think, well, everything is, has worked out, and I could hug him, and, and, you know, I'd really work my program and pray for him, and then he would attack me again. God took care of that whole situation, and when he died, I was able to come in and take over with my mother and do some of the things for her. And she is still alive. She's 87 years old, and I'm able to take care of her and keep good help with her and and love her and have a relation more of a relationship with her really now than I did when her mind was good because I'm the mother now she calls me mother um, we had a, a an experience with uh, one of our sons had moved to California and we got a little note from him and he said I'll contact you as soon as I'm getting ready to move closer to LA and as soon as we get settled me and a friend were in business as soon as we get settled I'll let you know where we are we didn't hear from him we didn't hear from him for three or four months had I not had the program of Al-Anon and people, a sponsor who really kept me intact. She was always willing to talk to me. She had lost um, a son and so she was able to understand how I was feeling and the fear that I was feeling. Luckily, he was not on the street. His business was just not doing what he wanted it to do and he had not contacted us. Then the, one of the, the biggest things that has, has happened since I've been in the Al-Anon program is our baby. 
who is 33 years old, <laughs> but he's still your baby, if that makes no difference, was working in Panama City. He was a sports reporter on one of the television stations and living the swinging high life. And we got a call in the middle of the night. It showed me how your life can change in one split second. He called. The station had had a party that evening. He had been driving down Cove Boulevard, I believe it was. A man was lying in the street. Matt had hit him. Another car came along, hit the man again. Matt left the scene because he had been drinking. And there were, it was in a, an area where there were a lot of clubs and things and people began pouring out and he panicked and he left. He called us and he was in jail. They took his driver's license from him, released him, and he came back to Texas. And I'm telling you folks, it hurts when you see your 30-year-old son cry every time he looks at you. And that's what happened. He was devastated. He couldn't, he couldn't drive. He had no job. They had, of course, terminated, and they didn't terminate his job, but he was um, suspended, charged with um, involuntary manslaughter, leaving the scene, DUI. And because I was there, and he felt comfortable. Every time he had a bad day and had to cry, I was the one who saw it. So those were hard months that we lived, we lived through. But do you know that from the very beginning, he knew that God's hand was in that accident. And he began a journal. And he said he had prayed before this happened, he knew he was not walking with God, was not living the right kind of life. And he, he prayed that God would give him back the joy of his salvation. And he said, I never knew what it would, what it would mean. So he knew that God had his hand on him. It was hard on, on our whole family to walk through that, but we had people we had meetings we could go to. We had people that we could call anytime. Folks, we are such a fortunate group. We just don't realize it because we've got it so good in here. But other people don't have family like this. There was when I wore one person out, I could had another one that was there to to lift me up. I'm glad to say that and very thankful to say that um Matt only received probation. When we got over for his sentencing, both television stations and the newspaper were there. And I was so proud of him because he gave God the credit. They didn't put all of it in the paper, but we knew what he had said. It turned his life around, probably saved him from a life of alcoholism. He now is in full-time ministry. 
He's working with, with um, young life, with, with high school kids. He's in seminary. He married last December. They're expecting their first baby. Wonderful things are happening in his life. And God used that. God used that. He knew what it would take to bring Matt. I know that had we not been in the AA and Al-Anon program, that we would not have been able to walk through that. Number one, we would have wanted to fix the situation. We would not have allowed him to have some of the consequences, like his bills that he couldn't pay and, and um, many other things, that we were able to stand back and allow him to work through and to grow up a little bit through. I would not have known how to do that had I not had you all to tell me and to teach me through your experience. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about is, is helping others with our experience, strength, and hope. I know that that was the thing that, that began to draw me to Al-Anon was the hope, the hope of a better life. And I could see it in all your faces. I could see it in the laughter and the, the joy that you had, even though when I talked to you, you were going through lots of things yourselves. That that I could make it through some of these things too. This past year, I have had uh, another, about this time last year, I got a message from uh, a friend of mine, my oldest friend, the one that I have known since I was born because our families were friends. And so we, I had grown up knowing her and, and loving her. And I found that she had liver cancer and had about six months to live. And I was devastated. I really was. The program helped me work through that. People that I was able to talk to and that were able to, to share with me so that I could share with her and not be so down and so devastated myself. I was able to go out there. I think I went out, she lives in El Paso, and I've, I've been out four times. She is still alive. She still has the cancer, but she is teaching again this fall because she wants to live as much of a normal life as she can. We have had some wonderful times together. I didn't have to be sad when I was around her. We had fun together. You all taught me that. Everything good that I have learned, not that I didn't know them before I came into the Al-Anon program, but as I said a minute ago, I knew a lot of these things. I was just not able to put them into practice. And that's what you have taught me. That's what you have taught me. I know today that I never have to be alone. I never have to be lonely. There is always a meeting. There is always a telephone. You are always there for me. And 
I see lonely people all the time. Again, folks, we are a fortunate group. That is um, just a wonderful thing that we have, that we have one another, that we can love one another. And the theme of this, of this conference is love and be loved. Isn't it great? I know today that I can work the steps on any problem I have in my life. It doesn't have to have anything to do with alcohol or alcoholism. I know that I am a better mother, wife, and a much better mother-in-law. That's a toughie. <laughs> it's not quite as hard being a mother-in-law to a son as it is to have, an, have another woman love your son. <laughs> That's a tough one. But I have been able to go and stay with, with two daughters-in-law when they've had babies, one twice, and have them really feel comfortable with me. And I have stayed out of their business, and I haven't told them how to do anything, but I bite my tongue a lot. <laughs> I would not have known that had I not been in Al-Anon. I know that we have a much better relationship with all of our family because I'm able to stay out of their business. I always thought I had all the answers. I don't know about you all but I felt like my way was the best way. I mean, I had it all figured out. I don't know why I felt that way, because I had made so many mistakes myself, but I could figure your problems out real easily, and I really could for, for my children. Through talking to my sponsor and to other people who have, have walked through it, I have been able to stay out of their business unless they ask me something. When they ask, I feel like they're asking for advice. Then it's okay if I don't say too much. Still, I can't say very much. I never had knew what my feelings were. I guess maybe a lot of us are, are that way. We, we, and we, we went through the alcoholism stone sober, and that's pretty tough to do. I, I just denied my feelings. I didn't know what, the first time I saw a field wheel, somebody out of, came in with, with one of those, I, did, I mean, some of those feelings I, I had never even thought about. I had no idea what, and today I still have a great deal of trouble knowing what I'm feeling. Usually I come in and sit at a meeting and hear one of you all talk, and when I do, then I know what's, what's bothering me. You tell me. I'm able to, to put it into to my own life and to know what's been, what's been pro, what has been troubling me. But I can't come up with it on my own. I have to hear it through you. I know that that is getting better today. Uh, I'm able to, to sit down, and I think we need to, to be able to feel. Sometimes we need to be able to just feel what's going on with us, to be able to get across that bridge and get to the, to the other side of the situation. 
Sometimes it's pain, and we just need to go through that pain a little bit. And I had never done that. I had always denied it. Today, I am, I've always been pretty much of a people pleaser, and I think that's a pretty common attribute. With Al-Anon's, anyway, we, we don't want any discontent. We, don't, we want everybody happy, and, and uh, we'll go to any lengths to make that happen. And in doing that, you become, or at least I did, I was, I was self-seeking, I guess, because I wanted something back from you. Today I am trying to make my life more transparent. I want to be open, honest with, with each one of you. I want you, be, you all to be able to see what is really going on in, in my life. I don't want to put up any kind of front to you. And that's what, what I'm learning from talking to the, the winners that I see in the program. I have learned to detach from situations, not just from the alcoholic, from every situation that is troubling. I'm able to stand back. And for me, detachment is just standing back and letting go and allowing God to work. Each day, I try to spend some time in prayer and meditation and to start my day that way. I'm lost when I can't do that. The first time that someone told me to sit quietly for five minutes, I don't know about you all, I couldn't do it. I couldn't sit quietly for a minute. My mind was going 90 miles an hour, and the first time somebody told me about the committee meeting in their mind, I thought, that's what it was. I've been having that all my life. Conversations, what I would say back, you know, all of this stuff. So it was very difficult to do any kind of, of meditating. It still is difficult for me, but I'm better at it today. This week, I learned something new. It's hard to have a bad attitude when you have a gratitude list. And someone told me that they wrote down five things about the day that they were thankful for. I'm going to start doing that because it's hard to have a bad day when you can be grateful for some things that have happened. I never go to a meeting, I never talk to another Al-Anon that I don't pick up some little bit of information that I know I'm going to be able to put into practice in my life. It's a wonderful thing. I, I, every time I go to a meeting, I think, people pay psychiatrists and therapists and we've got it for a dollar. <laughs> My greatest joy today is in being able to work with another Al-Anon. I love doing that. I don't particularly like standing up in front of people talking, but I love working one-on-one -on -one with, with Al-Anons. 
nothing makes me, me feel any better. You know, if you try, try to go out and you, you think, what will make me, what will give me the most pleasure, you wouldn't necessarily think that would be what would make you happiest. But being able to see someone come out of their shell, come out of their despair, gives me the most pleasure that I, I think I have in, in life today. I love being able to be available to talk to people. It always helps me more than it does them when they call with something. I know that uh, when I'm willing, I had an incident happen several months ago. I had a friend, one of my closest friends' husband owns a Christian bookstore, and he called me one day and said, are you available this afternoon to talk to somebody? And I said, yeah, I'm always available if, if I am free, and I'm free this afternoon. And he said, well, I've, a woman came in here, and her husband is alcoholic, and he said, I've, I've talked to her as much as I can. I don't know how to deal with her. I went to her house and spent the afternoon with her, and I found out some information about something completely unrelated to Al-Anon, alcohol, or anything else, some information I had been looking for for a couple of years. Had I not been available, I would not have found that out. Today, I know those are God deals. They are not coincidences. There are no coincidences in my life anymore. That's what I have really been praying for about the last year, is that God would give me new eyes and new ears so that I would be more aware of those coincidences, because I think they happen all the time, and most of the time we just we, we call them something else, when they are really his little miracles. And there are lots of miracles in this program. I know probably each one of us is a miracle when we get right down to it. Again, I want to thank all of you all for being here for me when I came in to Al-Anon, for being here for my husband when he came into AA, for giving us our life back. I love you so much, my family, my friends, and I just I think that I would not ever be able to show my gratitude quite enough to, to really show what's in my heart because I, I feel like I've got a family all over the world. I know that many of us have been to meetings in lots of different places, and it's amazing how comfortable you feel each place you go. So I hope I get to visit with you this weekend. It's been a pleasure. Again, thank you. Thank you, Ann, for encouraging me and for being, being uh the Al-Anons and the AAs that you are. I love you all. Thank you.